All right, so we are in the book of Proverbs, and notice in chapter 16, verse 32, says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. And what I want to preach about today is what we risk when we fail to rule our spirit. And in the scriptures, we often see illustrations and comparisons to different things and emotions of many times to try to help teach us some life lessons. And the illustrations they would always use in the Bible were ones that were very relevant to that day and to that culture that they were living in. And in this passage, it's using this picture of a mighty, powerful warrior. You know, someone with great strength, someone with great ability who would be able to lead an army uh, you know, to go and take over a village. It's saying that's that person who is in charge of his own spirit. That person who they decide what their spirit's going to be. They decide what their mood is going to be. They can control themselves. They are like a mighty man. That is, so that's a pretty good compliment that it has right there. But then notice what it says too in Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight about one who doesn't rule over his spirit. In Proverbs twenty-five twenty-eight, it says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. And let's try to put our minds back then and just picture that village in those days with no walls, no weapons, no defenses of any kind. What would back then a godless people have done if they saw a village that had a bunch of riches and these people, they have no walls, they have no defenses. What is a greedy mob going to do? They're going to go and take it. And a lot of times those walls were very important back then because... They would see that. It's like, yeah, they got walls. They've got guards. You know what? It's not worth it. Let's leave them alone. And so, again, in our nation today, thankfully, because of the fact that um, you know we were a very Christian nation at one time, we had really good laws. We don't really, we haven't needed a whole lot of walls and things like that. But we're getting to where we're about to need it again. And any evidence of that? Just going to some cities. And notice more and more that they're doing for security measures. Notice how you can't even go to Walgreens, you know, without having a worker come and unlock everything for you. Why are they doing that? Because we're going back to a heathen society. And, and as a result of that, too, you go to cities. Um, whenever we go some places in Chicago when we've gone souling out there, you can't get to half the houses because they have metal gates that are always locked. And so you'll just, I, I remember one time we were on the street and just, we could barely go to any houses. And you know, when you hear about what goes on in Chicago, I kind of get why they have it that way out there. But, you know, out here, we don't really need to worry about this stuff. But back then, they had to worry about those things. And so even a wicked people is going to leave a city alone that has strong walls, that has powerful defenses. There's pro- they're probably going to be a left alone. They're probably going to avoid a lot of battles just because the defenses are there. People are like, we're just not going to mess with them. And so if we were to, I guess, modernize this proverb today to fit a little more like our situation, you could say, he that hath no rule over his own spirit, it's like a house without doors and windows. I mean, how would you like, it's like it just not having any doors or windows on your house. How safe would you feel today? And I mean, I'd, I'd feel somewhat safe where I'm at <laughs> right now. But there's a lot of places I wouldn't want it to be that way. And at the same time, too, 
even if you leave your house unlocked, you don't want it obvious. Because some people just might get the wrong idea and think that they can go and just steal things. And so imagine living in a city or most towns, having a house full of valuables and not having anything to protect it. Everything would get stolen, wouldn't it? And that's just how it is. And that, what you need to understand about your life is there are some things that you possess that are of great value that if you do not learn how to rule over your own spirit, the enemy is going to come in and they are going to plunder you and they are going to take all that is valuable and they're going to leave you with nothing of any value. They're going to leave you with nothing but the junk. That's what's going to happen. When we first moved into Sterling, second night in town, we had gas siphoned out of both of our vehicles. It was very disturbing when that happened. I remember not long after that, we had a bike we wanted to get rid of, and so I just left it in the yard. I thought, it'll probably get stolen. And guess what? It did. The only problem was they dumped it not very far from our house because they saw how crummy it was, and a neighbor brought it back, found it, and recognized it, and brought it back to us. I was like, oh, man, that was my way of getting rid of it. And, you know, that said a little bit about where we were living. And that's why I'm glad we're not living in town anymore. But, again, you do. You, everyone in here, you have things in your life that are valuable. And if you do not rule over your own spirit, these things will be taken away from you. They will be stolen because you are. You're like a city with no walls and you have no defenses. And so it's important that you get control of your own spirit. Because here's what you're going to lose. If you don't, one thing you're going to lose, you're going to lose relationships if you don't rule over your own spirit. What does it say in James 1.19? It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Everyone needs to realize that anger is a great destroyer. Anger causes a lot of destruction. And again... There's a time to be angry. There is a time to be angry. But the Bible does say too, in Ephesians 4.26, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Even in that passage where it says be angry, it has to remind us not to sin. You know why? Because the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Typically what I feel like doing, what my flesh feels like doing when I am angry, is it feels like sinning. And so even when it comes to my anger, that's righteous anger, the Bible says, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. It's son, you, you need to control that. You need to put limits on that. You need to not let it last very long because it's going to get you in trouble. Anger is a very dangerous thing that can do a lot of destruction. And what you need to realize too, is that destruction, and I think we all know this, destruction is way easier than construction. Is it not? Hey, when it comes to remodeling, I am much more valuable on the destruction part, you know, where you're gutting a house or something like that, that all it requires is some strength and energy. But when it comes to construction, eh, not so much. I'm not, that, that's a lot more difficult. That takes a little, a lot more skill and a lot more knowledge. And Ecclesiastes 9.18 says, wisdom is better than weapons of war. But one sinner destroyeth much good. Well, everybody needs to get a hold of our ability to destroy. We often have an inflated sense of what we can accomplish and what we can build. And a lot of people, they even take their ability to destroy as like it's some you know, great ability. I had somebody, and every pastor, I've, I've, I've told several pastors about this just because it's funny. 
Uh, but you know, I had a, somebody who thought they knew a lot more than me about pastoring, who wasn't as, any more qualified than uh, most of the women in this church to lead a church. <laughs> Nothing slamming you ladies, just your ladies. <laughs> but he, they, you know, they were convinced because they manage a business, they know what it takes to run a church. And I just, I just laughed. And every pastor I've told has laughed because it's like, do you realize the difference between when you're a boss and you are in control of these people's livelihood? When you are paying them, you're paying them versus a church where they're paying you, <laughs> where they can leave, they can leave it in. Do you realize how different of a situation that is? I, you know, I have no control over people uh, when it comes to that stuff. If people don't like the church, they can go somewhere else. And so they, they were so convinced that because they run a business, they uh, like, you are nuts. You know, and you're, uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. And this person was very good at destruction, but they've never built anything. Not especially spiritually. Not even capable of, you know, leading in their own family, yet they felt like they knew how to lead a church where all they were able to do was do destruction. Destruction is easy, folks. Destruction is simple. Hey, I've destroyed things at my house on accident before. You know what I've never done? I've never built anything on accident. Okay? And I did a pretty sorry cover-up job, too. I, you know, I damaged part of my house cutting a tree down the other day, too. And, you know, and, and my, my kids, before I could even try to cover up the damage, I hate cell phones. They're taking pictures of it and sending it to my wife before I can even do anything to cover up the damage. And it was just, and, and also I, I remember I was out there and I thought about it. I was like, you know what? I'm going to need to tell the kids, do not tell their mom. Give me a chance to fix something. And then sure enough, I look and I, our family group chat, they had already sent pictures in there. So that's destruction. That's easy. You can, you know, you can destroy, we almost destroyed this building right after we got it, you know, from the electrical fire. Destruction is easy. Construction is difficult. And there's a lot of people, too, they've taken pride in their ability to destroy things and their ability to cause division in a church and to cause destruction. And they think there's something because of it. But folks, anybody, if you just give yourself over to sin and the flesh, you can destroy. Anybody can do that. Anybody can break down walls. Not everybody can build them up. It's a very different thing. And one sinner destroyeth much good. You can put in hours you can put in months of work on a building and somebody can light a match and they can burn it all down in a matter of hours it's the way it is and so you need to understand when it comes to relationships relationships they can take years to build but you know what you let your spirit get you, you let somebody else control your spirit you let that other person in the relationship control your spirit you know what you're very likely to destroy that relationship you know, we've got to understand. Notice what it says too. He that ruleth over his own spirit. Who do you want to be in charge? Do you want other people to be in charge of your spirit? Do you want to admit? This is what helps me too, okay? Whatever you got to do to help yourself rule over your own spirit. But, you know, I'm an independent guy. I want to be in charge. And so the last thing I want to do is admit that I'm going to let someone else rule over my own spirit. I'm in a bad mood today because of my wife. Okay, so your wife's in charge. I see how it is. I'm in a bad mood because my kids are in charge. You know, you know, we don't say it that way. But that's what we're basically saying. You're going to blame other people. 
Well, I've got a bad attitude because of my co-workers. I've got a bad attitude because of people at church. This person said this about me. This person did that. Okay, so there, I'm, I'm glad to know who's in charge. So if I ever need to get you to do anything, I'm going to go talk to this person. You know, the reason you're not involved in church like you're supposed to is because you're aggravated with somebody else who said something about you in the church. Since they're in charge, since they rule over you, I'll go see if I can talk to them and get them to say something to make you do what you're supposed to do. Okay? Now, what guy wants to admit that? I mean, do you, any guys want, you, we all want to be the head of our home, but if you're going to let your wife rule over your own spirit, remember, rule. Rules. People go nuts with that word, right? That's what the, that's the word the Bible uses. You're going to let somebody else rule over your own spirit? You can't do that. It's going to get you in trouble, and you know, it does, it takes strength. It takes strength to not let other people rule over your own spirit. And ladies, I get it. You're the weaker vessel, and you know, women often struggle more with emotional things. But, you know, it'll do you good to get some rule over your own spirit, too. Yeah. And, you know, don't let everybody play you like a puppet and control everything you do. Don't, you know, be dependent on just the stars being aligned just right and everybody in your life lining up and doing exactly what they're supposed to do every day. If you're going to be in a good mood or not, you just need to determine, I'm going to be in a good mood. You need to determine, I'm going to be the kind of person I need to be because I don't, the relationships, they are, they're valuable. And relationships, they're needed. And when you don't have rule over your own spirit, you're more likely going to lose those things because you have no walls. Somebody's going to be able to come and mess those things up. They're going to be able to destroy that. Do not let anyone rule over your spirit. Don't let your friends do it because your friends are going to have a bad day. You're, you're going to have bad days. And we've got to learn this. And this is why, too, I'm not spending so much time talking about I guess how to build up the walls, you could say, how to build up the defenses today. But if I, if I may just throw a few things out too, that, but this is why we need to put cer- certain safeguards in our life. This is why we need to set rules for ourselves. I even know myself as a pastor, I've got to be very careful too that I'm not getting in the flesh when I'm up here preaching. And sometimes I get some really good inspiration for to preach some messages, but I'm not always convinced those messages will be in the spirit if I preach them that day. So sometimes I'm going to wait a week. It's like, all right, I'm fired up about this right now, but I'm also angry. And I know be angry and sin not, but I'm pretty sure in my anger right now, I'm probably going to sin. So I think I'll wait and preach about this when I'm not angry. You know, I've got to set rules for myself when it comes to these things. And everybody, you know, you need to know yourself and you need to figure out what you need to do to rule over your own spirit, how to get it in control. Just like we have to sometimes train our kids, discipline our kids, you know, just like too, as parents, you can often predict your children's moods based on how much sleep they get, based on the kind of activity they did that day, because you know your kid. Well, you need to learn to get you know yourself too. And just like you're diligent to maybe get your kid in bed at a certain time or make sure they don't eat you know, drink a bunch of Mountain Dew after seven o'clock or something like that. You need to learn those things for yourself too. And just say, I'm not going to do these things because this stuff messes with my spirit. And, you know, this, you know, if, if watching the news makes you crazy, you know, then you know what you just need to do? Not watch the news. Right? Because you can't let the news media, are you, do you really want to let Fox News rule over your spirit? You want to let Alex Jones rule over your own spirit? Rachel Maddow? I mean, she messes with my spirit if I watch her. So, you know, I'm not going to watch her. Because I, 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 I've, never gotten any, I've never watched anything of hers and just gotten a good mood after that. 
And I'm not against watching news. Okay? I enjoy, I enjoy Infowars. I, you know, I enjoy uh, Fox News. It's it's toast. Tucker Carlson's gone. It's just absolute toast anymore. But you know, some. But in and during election years too, I've told you this before. During election years, I have to be very careful when it comes to that stuff because I get caught up in the politics. I get caught up in it. I pay a little too much attention to it. And I've caught myself before talking a little too much about it from the pulpit. And when I hear that, when I'm like supposed to be preaching through a book in the Bible and all of a sudden it turns into the current event of that day, I'm just like, I'm watching too much news, paying too much attention to politics. It's messing with my spirit. You know what? I need to go. And, you know, I used to I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh pretty regular. But during election years, I would often just I would find myself just getting frustrated, angry. And I would just sometimes have to turn them off like, all right, I have to go get some of my happy music. You know, to kind of help my mood that I like, you know, listen to all Christian, of course. And, you know, and I would listen to those things just to kind of get me in a better frame of mind because I've got to rule over my spirit. It's important. If you don't, you can lose relationships. And let me tell you, the devil wants nothing more than to cause division. He wants to cause marriage problems. He wants to cause problems in the church with friendships. He wants to mess with relationships. He's the king of doing that kind of thing. And so don't let anything Rule over your spirit or you're at risk losing relationships. Another thing you're at risk of losing is your testimony. In Genesis chapter 19 and verse 14, at a crucial time, Sodom and Gomorrah is about to be destroyed. Lot wants to get his family out, but Lot isn't in charge of all of his family. Some of his daughters are married. And in verse 14, it says, And Lot went out and spake unto his sons-in-law, which married his daughters, and said, Up, get you out of this place. For the Lord will destroy the city. But he seemed as one that mocked unto his sons-in-law. Lot didn't come across as credible. Lot was telling the truth. Everything Lot said was true, but the Bible says he seemed as one that mocked. When his son-in-laws are hearing what Lot has to say, they're like, he's messing with us. Okay, Now, I don't know how Lot had behaved before that and what all led up to that. But either way, it's very apparent from what we read in the Scriptures that Lot was way too involved in that city. When he's calling a bunch of Sodomites brethren, when he sits in the gate of the city, when he's, a, when he's a leader amongst the people like this, when he's somebody who clearly was a believer that the New Testament refers to as just Lot, what is he doing hanging around with a bunch of Sodomites like this and calling them brethren? It's no wonder that when he went to his son-in-law, it's like God's going to destroy the city. And I'm sure he said more than just those words. He probably said, because of the wickedness of the city, because of the sodomites and all these things. And they're like, are you kidding? You, you've been hanging out with these guys. You call them brethren. You're a leader in this city. You're one of the people that make decisions in this city. And you're telling us now that God, the God that you serve, is going to destroy it because of these sins. I think you're messing with us. They didn't take him serious. They didn't get out of the city. And you know what? They died in that city because Lot had trashed his testimony. And, and again, we don't know what all he did, but we do know that he didn't have a, a good testimony. He didn't come across as credible. And let me tell you, if you're somebody who you're constantly losing your temper, if you're constantly at, you know just getting in the flesh, if you act in ways that a Christian shouldn't act, then understand people are probably going to be unlikely to listen to you when it's important. And here, unfortunately, his own family, his own family 
did not take him serious when everything he was saying was true. And we need to remember, especially as Christians, as people who are interested in souls, we need to always keep in mind how important it is for us to be believable. We need to be believable. We need to be people that people can trust. And we especially need people to believe us when we're talking about salvation. And if we just have a habit of lying, you know, just joking, messing with people, it's not going to help our cause. Second Thessalonians 1 7 says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with an everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of His power, when He shall be come to be glorified in His saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. And thankfully, this church in Thessalonica, their lives had been changed. They had been saved because... They were, Paul was believed. They believed what Paul said. Their testimony among them was believed in that day. And let me tell you, your children need to receive your instruction when you are giving biblical advice. But if you have trashed your testimony, if you come across as somebody who, yeah, you love the Bible when it goes along with your agenda, but you don't care when it doesn't, then you know what? Don't be surprised if your kids have the same attitude you do. When you're just throwing certain things out of the Bible, it's like, well, if you can throw that part out of the Bible, I can throw children obey your parents. I can throw honor thy father and thy mother. I mean, if that's how we're going to play it, I mean, we, and so we need to make sure we never forget how important our testimony is. And uh, most of the time, the things that we do that cause us to lose our testimony are things that we know we shouldn't do. I mean, we know. We shouldn't be punching people out half the time people get punched out. You know, we know we shouldn't be cussing people out. We know we shouldn't be losing our temper and doing all these things. Yet we do it. Why? Because we lost control of our spirit. And we can try to blame other people. I mean, your kids do that all the time. You know, they they hit their brother or sister. They're not supposed to do that. Why would you do that? Because they said something to me. Okay, so your brother or sister is in charge of you. You know, you know, you're not supposed to do that. You know, it's wrong, but you're doing something you're not supposed to do anyway because of something they said, because of a look that they gave you. So now we know who the boss is. Good way to kind of play, play with your kids' minds, you know, to um, whatever it takes. I used to do that with the kids in the school over there when they would get mad at other kids. I was like, so they're, they're your boss. You let them tell you what you do. I was like, No. Well, you're the one getting yourself in all kinds of trouble just because they made a face at you because they looked at you. And so basically they got you to break all the rules. They played you like a fiddle. And I I'd do those things just to kind of mess with their head. And just because that in, in reality, that's what it is. That's what let them do. You can't do that. I, I used to always have to talk about the, to the teenagers about that. I remember one time some guys, they threw a starburst at a girl and she absolutely lost her mind. And just had an absolute epic meltdown over it. And I told him, I said, listen, if those guys had to go walk around the block to get your goat, they wouldn't do it because it'd be too much trouble. But because you have given them the ability to snap their fingers, to give you a look, and to just for you to have a total meltdown, they do it all the time. I was like, you notice how they're not doing it with these other girls? They don't mess with them. 
They don't do that stuff to them. They don't make faces of them. You know why? Because they don't care. They don't react to it. But again, some people are so easy to control. I mean, look at just the, the libtards that are out there. The things that can make them have a meltdown. I don't even want to wear a Make America Great Again hat. But sometimes they make me want to because I don't like libtards that melt down easily. But if I, all I have to do is put on a red hat and they lose their mind, well, maybe I'll do it. It's the only reason I want to. It's not because I'm a Trump supporter. But I do like watching libs have meltdowns. And they make it so easy. It's so easy. All I have to do is just be out in public with my wife and my many kids. And I can, with my, just saying I have eight children offends environmentalists. That's fantastic. You make it so easy. I have boys that obviously look like boys and girls that obviously look like girls. All my kids, all eight of them look straight. You know, America wants you to think about 33% of the people are queer. And it's like when you have eight kids, you got to have at least one, but they all, they're obviously being forced into it. Just, man, it's so nice just being a Christian, being obedient to the scriptures. Even that just melts these people down. That's all it takes. They have no rule over their own spirit. They're all on drugs. They're all, you know, just completely losing their minds, having mental health issues and stuff. And all we have to do is just be normal and they lose it. You know, they come into church like this. They see all the little kids. You know, it's like, don't these people ever, ever, ever heard of birth control and all that stuff? And they just, they just lose it over that stuff. And, these, and you know, if, people, if they're going to make it that easy for me to trigger them, I'm just going to keep openly doing those things just to trigger them. But, but the thing is, most people, or many people, they have rule over their own spirit. So guess what? They don't even get messed with. The city or the village that has walls... When the heathen go by those places, they just keep going. And if you're somebody that rules over your own spirit, most people that are out there that like to cause trouble, you know what they're going to do? They're just going to keep going. They're going to keep going. You know, one of the nice things about rural country too is we kind of have a reputation that everybody carries guns and everybody all the time. And you know what? Even that right there deters a lot of people from wanting to do things. You know, most people aren't going to want to rob a house out in the country. You'd think if you were going to rob a place, you'd want to rob the place out in the country because, you know, you can't hear people yell for help and all that kind of stuff. The problem is everybody knows those people out in the country, they can help themselves. It's typically the places in town where they do that, they do that kind of thing. Defenses are a deterrent. And people who rule over their own spirit, they don't, even ha- they don't have one-tenth the battles that other people do because they have defenses. So you've got to have these things or you're going to lose relationships. You're going to lose your testimony. And these are valuable things. Your testimony is very valuable. Another thing you're going to lose, you're going to lose life opportunities. In Proverbs 29.1, says, He that being often reproved and hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed and that without remedy. We have got to understand there are some mistakes that are irreversible. You know, because of the miracle of salvation and because of what Christ is able to do with our souls and the way he's able to save us, we kind of have this attitude that anything can be fixed. But no, there's some things that can't be fixed. There are some things that, that don't have a remedy to it. And just understand, if I go out and I commit a whole bunch of crimes and I rack up a criminal record and then I get saved, I will go to heaven when I die. 
but I probably will struggle getting certain jobs. I will lose life opportunities on this earth because of those things I did. Thank God that I got saved. If I go and I just tattoo myself up and I cover my face with tattoos and piercings and all these things, and, and I'm not saved, I can still get saved and God will save me with all my tattoos and with all my piercings. And when He comes back one of these days, He'll glorify my body and you'll never know any of those things happen. But if I go and I want to try to get a job in a lot of places, they're going to look at me and they're, they're going to find an excuse to not hire me. Just because, just because of that. You say, well, that's not fair. Hey, that's life. That's the way it is. There's some things that you just you can't reverse. There are some things that will disqualify you from certain opportunities. And you know, there's things that will disqualify you biblically. For example, the qualifications of a bishop. Not a brawler. Not a striker. Husband of one wife. If I'm losing control, if I'm losing control over my spirit, and I'm, I'm losing my temper, and I'm going and I'm doing terrible things, I'm committing offenses, I'm punching people out in town, I'm getting a criminal record, I'm disqualifying myself as a pastor because I let my temper get the better of me, because I wasn't able to rule over, over my own spirit. These things can disqualify me. If I'm somebody who doesn't rule over my own spirit, my wife might end up leaving me or something like that, and I'm disqualified for the ministry now. And I can blame my wife all I want, but the reality is I had no rule over my own spirit. I disqualified myself in my home and now I can't be a pastor anymore. I've lost an opportunity, a life opportunity because I couldn't rule over my own spirit. There are things that even disqualify you from certain earthly things, even by their rules. Again, criminal records, you know, you know, sexual sins, you know, they'll cause, you know, a lot of those things too. Even if you do those things before you get married, it'll cause certain people not to even consider you. You know, and I mean, with my kids, I'm teaching my kids to be pure till marriage. Somebody else comes along and they're not that way. I'm going to tell my kids, you know, you can do better. Think about somebody else. Yeah, and you say, oh, that's that's not fair. Well, you know what? You can go cry about it. You know, this is the way we teach our train our kids. Just don't do those things. You lose opportunities when you do that. Because you've proven you have no control over your flesh. Ah, uh, you know, just because somebody, you know, doesn't stay pure to marriage doesn't mean, or somebody stays pure to marriage doesn't mean they'll never cheat on you. No, but at least they've proved they have some control over their flesh. And I think we got a better chance with them than the person who has already proved they have no control over their flesh. And there's never any guarantees, but at the same time, there's certain people it makes sense to give a chance and certain people that it makes sense to... Maybe not give them as much of a chance. And often, often people too, in a moment of rage, they'll quit their job. But now they're less likely to get a better job. I mean, how many before on the job you just thought how much fun it would be to just walk out of the place, punch out the manager, tell somebody off? I mean, we've, all, we've all sat around work and thought about that stuff before. But you know, it'll, it'll hurt future opportunities if you do that kind of thing. It's what your spirit wants to do. You know, you're, it's, or your fle- it's what your flesh wants to do, I mean. It, but you've got to watch out for that kind of thing. Nobody, you know, we need to remember too, no one is entitled to grace and mercy. We think that because God is so gracious and God is so merciful that we are entitled to it. Understand, if you are entitled, it's not grace and mercy. Everybody needs to get a hold of that. Grace and mercy is special because we are not entitled to it. Because we don't deserve it. Because God doesn't have to give it to us. But when He does, it's a blessing. And understand too, 
People are not required to show you grace and mercy. You are not entitled to their grace and mercy. It's a blessing when they give it to you. I believe God is pleased when they give it to you, but you can't act like you're entitled to it. You're not. And if you're somebody who is just, you can't rule over your own spirit, you're going to disqualify yourself in certain things. You're going to lose certain opportunities. And so just don't, don't ever do those things. Uh, turn over to Joshua chapter 7. This is a very, you know, another familiar portion of Scripture in the Bible. I think one of the saddest stories in the Bible. But another thing, you will lose, if you don't rule over your own spirit, you will lose possessions even. And I get it, possessions aren't the most important thing. But at the same time too, I would prefer to keep my possessions than lose them because I have no control over my own spirit. And the Bible says in Joshua 7.20, And Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonish garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold of 50 shekels weight. Then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. Notice how he saw these possessions that were forbidden. God said everything in there is a curse. Don't touch it. But Achan saw it, he coveted it, and he took it. And Noah, as a result, not only did Achan lose those possessions, but he lost everything. Achan lost everything because he didn't have the self-control to look at something of earthly value and say, you know what? God said no. I'm not going to touch, I'm not going to touch that stuff. And we need to understand when we sin, when we have to sin, to get possessions, in the long term, it ends up causing loss of possessions. Okay, understand that. You know, and one thing too, one of the drugs that people are addicting, addicted to today, uh, I guess if you want to call it that, but there is a, a high people get, I've read articles about it, when they spend. You know, it, it fills, often fills an emotional void, you know, for that moment. You get that good feeling that comes from it. But often, people in trying to do that, they make foolish purchases that end up costing them more money. Because what does the Bible say in Proverbs 22, 7? The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Often, we end up spending way more on things because we just couldn't wait for it. We couldn't wait to save up for it. You know, we, could, you know, we were just so anxious to get it. We got ourselves caught up in bad deals and now we're paying all this interest, paying all these late fees, credit cards. It's like, ah, you know, I just, I really want that steak dinner. I know I don't have the money for it, but it would feel so good to go to a nice restaurant. And what do you do? You swipe that credit card, paying interest, paying late fees, all these things. It ends up costing you way more. And you, and you did it too, just because I just need this for myself. You know, I deserve a nice dinner. Not if you can't afford it, you don't. But yet, people will do it anyway. And that's fine, you can do that, but it's going to cost you even more money now. That other person that did the right thing and they waited for it, that other person that saved up for it, that other one that planned and prepared for it, they're actually going to pay less money than you are. You know, you've got the, the poor of our world today always acting like, you know, everything's not fair and their government needs to do more for them. And if you look at the tax code... The tax code's unfair to the rich people. But if you want to know rich people, where they get rich people, how they get taxes out of rich people, lottery tickets. You know, lottery 
Gambling is the tax is a tax on the poor and the stupid. Always remember that. Okay? I hate to steal the Dave Ramsey quote, but it is good when he says lottery is tax on the poor and on the stupid. Just remember that next time you get tempted to go buy those things. You're tempted because you're poor and you know what you're going to do and you're stupid. And so you're going in there and you're going to pay a couple bucks or whatever it costs. I don't even know what lottery tickets cost to buy the dream of possibly being a millionaire. You know you're never going to achieve it legitimately. So you buy the dream. You buy the, the possibility. And it, and it gives people a good feeling to think. Because here's the thing. I have no chance of becoming a millionaire tomorrow because I'm not going to play the lottery. But in reality, you don't have any chance either because of the fact even the odds are so stacked against you, it's not even funny. But here's what you have and I don't have. The dream. But here's what I have and you don't have. My two bucks or whatever it costs to buy a lottery ticket. So, and, and my dignity. Okay? And so just keep those things in mind. But I'm, I'm saying all this, you're doing these things to kind of give yourself this emotional lift. You know, how about you just rule over your own spirit and don't do stupid things? You're ultimately losing possessions as a result of this. And giving yourselves over to things, giving yourselves over to riches, it's one of the most expensive things you can do. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 6, 6, But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And everyone needs to learn how to say no to impulsive, emotional spending. You can never be satisfied with stuff. Got a lot of people, oh, I'm independent. I'm rebellious against the government. I'm not going to let the government control me. But yet you are controlled by pieces of paper with pictures of dead presidents on it. It governs everything you do in your life. You chase that. You're going to chase that thing to the end of the world. You will sacrifice relationships, the will of God. You will disobey God to just get a few more of those pictures of dead presidents. You know what? You need to get control over that. You need to start valuing the things of God more than those other things. And all, because ultimately at the end of the day, you will lose possessions pursuing those things. But, Everybody wants that emotional high. Another thing you'll lose too if you don't rule over your own spirit is you're likely to lose eternal rewards. Second uh, uh, John 1, 4 says, I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received the commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after His commandments. This is the commandment. That as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. And I understand many people, again, because they don't have that rule over their own spirit, because they what they do, how they operate, how they serve, depends on their mood at that time, depends on what everybody else is doing. 
you know, they let everyone else control their spirit. They're losing full reward. There's some rewards you can't lose, but there's some rewards you can't, absolutely can lose. And it's not worth it. Eternal rewards, they're, they're too valuable. We cannot allow, you know, our, the fact we don't have rule over our own spirit to cause us to lose those things. But, you know, sometimes people get tired of fighting. But listen, if you give up, understand, Satan's going to keep sending enemies in. There's always going to be somebody out there ready to plunder, ready to take whatever it is you have. Hebrews 12.3 says, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be wearied and faint in your minds. That's where we get tired and that's where we faint. It's in our minds. Hey, I, I, listen, soul winning, serving the Lord, it, it's, it's not that difficult physically. So it's hot out. Listen, we can handle it, okay? We sweat a little bit. But at the end of the day, what is it that typically causes people to quit those things? It's not because they just couldn't handle it physically. I was talking about yesterday, somebody I used to go souling with, Brother Bert, he's in heaven now. I mean, that guy was a faithful soul winner for years and decades. And he did it until he just physically couldn't do it anymore. He just, he just got to where physically he was, he was not able to do it. And he just finally had to admit, I just, I, I'm not capable of doing this anymore. Couldn't get up steps, couldn't just, he couldn't walk that far. But he was faithful for as long as he possibly could. And he, he I, I won't say he quit, I will say he finished. He finished. And I, and I think he finished strong. Most people, they just get weary and they faint in their mind. There was nothing wrong with them physically. They got discouraged. Well, somebody said something. You know, it didn't go well. I got chewed out. So you're going to let some drunk that chewed you out, you know, stop you from doing something that has an eternal impact, that has eternal rewards. Why would you, why would you do that? Why would you let them stop you from that kind of thing? And understand, people are going to do that. But notice what Paul said too in verse 4. He said, ye have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. Hey, did that drunk that chewed you out, did he punch you in the nose? Did you bleed? Have you ever said that to your kids' parents when they're having a meltdown because their brother or sister did something to them? Are you bleeding? No, but they act like they're dying. And you know how many Christians act like they're dying because somebody said something about them? Somebody criticized them? Hey, church, let's not be critical of each other. Let's not gossip. Let's not talk bad about each other. But can I also say, church, somebody's probably going to disobey. The devil's going to send in the sinners that are going to destroy, try to destroy much good. Are you going to let them destroy you? Are you going to let them take you off your game? I mean, are you really going to, are you really going to let some mouthy Jezebel Karen, you know, control your walk with Christ? Why would you do that? You know what? Because you have no rule of your own spirit. And what everybody needs to do is we've got to learn how to set up those defenses. How we can defend our spirit. How we can strengthen our spirit. Because if we do it, we're like the mighty. We're like that one that taketh a city. We can actually be somebody who's encouraging other people. Who's lifting up their spirits. That we're actually supporting the weak. We're actually motivating others to do the right thing. We're the ones that are provoking others to love and good works when we go to church. That's the kind of person that, that we ought to be. We're somebody that people go to for strength. And go to for motivation. And I tell you, that's another thing too. When it comes to soul winning, 
I'm going to feel really bad when I've had guys in my life like Brother Bert who went soul until he just couldn't walk anymore. You know, what, you know, I'm going to feel bad if I quit before that because I was around guys like him that did it. You know, I, I, I think he was like in his 80s when he finally admitted he couldn't do it anymore. I can't remember for sure. He, he, was, he was real close if he wasn't already there. And, and, and you know, I, I thank God for people like that. And so to think that I would just quit because, you know, I don't like getting my feelings hurt out there, that's, that's pretty sad. And we need to admit we're giving other people control. And so all these things we've talked about, they come down to ruling over your own spirit. You can't let others do this for you. Don't give anyone else power in that area because these things that we're talking about, they are very valuable. They're more valuable than you realize and if we leave these things exposed, the relationships, the testimony, our possessions, life opportunities, all these things, someone's going to come along and take them. So strengthen, secure your spirit, take charge, and go do something for God and ignore the critics around you. And I'm telling you too, you know, in, in life, you'll find out. You know, we, we've had, I mean, you know, just, you know, just myself, our church, when it comes to haters, we've had so many haters come at our church. But you know what I've learned too? That when you ignore them, they're more likely to leave you alone. You know who they pay attention to the most? The ones who respond to them. You know why? Because they do. They, they're looking to see if there's anything to plunder. And so when you do, when you let them rule over your own spirit, when you let them affect your subject matter and things you do in the church, you know what they do? They see an opening. And then they come where when you just ignore them, when you don't let it affect you, then you know what? They're just like, man, they got too many walls in that church. I don't think we're going to be able to get them. Let's go mess with a guy who has no rule over his own spirit. And so that's why it's, you know, the last thing I'm going to do is let some sodomites rule over my spirit. There's no way I'm going to, there's no way I'm letting them have that kind of control. And I, and that, that goes for everyone. Everybody needs to keep these things in mind and you've got to take charge over your own spirit. And if you've got a bad spirit, if you're constantly messing these things up, you need to just admit, I have no walls. I am weak and you need to do, you need to start strengthening yourself, putting in safeguards. And I hate to be carnal, but you know, some of you, what you need to do, you need to have a Kevin McAllister mentality. And this is like, I'm home alone. I'm vulnerable and I need to start, and I've got the wet bandits trying to steal everything. I've got to put up some defenses. I've got to do something. And if you're determined to do it, you'll get creative and you'll figure out how to do it. You know, he used all his booby traps to protect this house. I don't know what you're going to have to do to protect yourself, but you know, some of you what you might have to do is like, like unplug your television. That helps some people. You know, some people you need to like throw out your cell phone and go back and get Get a, one of those olden day old man phones that only have button, you know, numbers on them. You know, whatever it takes. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I pray this message was a help and a motivation to everyone. I pray it'll help each individual in here, dear Lord, to uh, have a desire to rule over their own spirit, help them not be dependent on others in this area. And I pray that uh, they will protect these things that we talk about that are of such great value. And I pray you'll give them victory in these areas. In your name we pray. Amen.